When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Editor Nick Hausman back in the saddle for more pro wrestling punditry alongside the Tonto to my uh, the the Lone Ranger Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkley. I don't fully understand the reference, but thank you. And that, that was a very enthusiastic good morning. You know, I'm feeling good. We've had you know we are we are in double or nothing season. Obviously, this weekend is going to be a lot of fun. But this week has just been like a good week. You know, I just feel good. You know, it's good to be alive. The weather's good. I thought you told me you didn't. You woke up feeling bad this morning. Oh well, I did, but then I drank three cups of coffee in the last hour, and I'm feeling a lot better. Oh my! I know. I just went to town. I just went ham. I was like, you can't wake up feeling like this, you know? Because it was like it was like 48 degrees two days ago, and today it's supposed to be 80. So while my body is in flux, my mind is sharp. That's 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 well. That's good news. That sounds deep. That's good news. Uh, you're, you're sharp. Let's 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 do this thing. I am very deep in thought today, and we're going to get deep into conversation. We got a lot to get to, a lot to talk about today. We got even more great interviews to put into your ear holes. Uh, two big ones today. Right after the news block, we're going to get to an interview I did with K Dog Conan from MLW and Impact Wrestling. He'll be on here later today. Also, Scott Fishman did an interview with Ron Funches, who was set to host. The Roast of Ric Flair. Obviously, that has been postponed as of now, but we still got Ron here today with Scott Fishman. As again, we get the fever for StarCast and Double or Nothing going here on the show. The fe- I got the fever, Justin. It's a hoot nanny, right? It's a hoot. Well, the hoot nanny is going down at StarCast. Absolutely. Friday, May 24th, this Friday, 2.30 p.m. Go over to the podcast movement stage, the Tuscany Suites and Casino. You can come check out the uh, Wrestling Inc., Hoot Nanny, which is going to feature myself, Raj, Glenn Rubenstein, the Two-Faced Pod, Scott Fishman, and uh, I will say surprise, maybe surprises is part of the Hoot Nanny. I'm not one of the surprises. No, I, not to the best of my knowledge. I mean, if you want to be, you can be, you got to come. But it's uh, it's free for everybody, doesn't cost you anything. Come on out, be a part of the Hoot Nanny. We're going to have a great time. Live microphone, you guys get to play games and win prizes, all that good stuff uh, as part of our Hoot Nanny. But with that all out of the way, we'll get to some more shilling and grilling at the end of the show. Uh, it is time for news you can use. News that'll leave a bruise, and it has officially begun. We have had our first defection from WWE to AEW because AEW has announced Sean Spears, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger, is going to participate in the Casino Battle Royal as part of Double or Nothing's buy-in pre-show. What do you think of the announcement here, Justin? Not surprised he's going there. I'm kind of surprised that since, you know, I mean, I know that he's not the highest profile of the um, disgruntled or departed from WWE recently, but I'm surprised that, that it's 
just for the pre-show, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I am. I'm a little, uh, you know, I get it. You know, he's a, he's a draw. Maybe get a lot of people to tune into that pre-show, stick around, convert those into buys for double or nothing. But yeah, for my money, man, this this is weird putting him out there on the pre-show like that, where I feel like on your double or nothing show where people are already hyped and getting excited for surprises, all this guy has to do is walk down the entrance ramp. Maybe he, he would have been, you know, I don't know who they've got for Adam Page, but he would have certainly been a great replacement there for, for even Pac. Yeah, um, yeah, he could have been a replacement. So that you, you that, that makes you think that they obviously have somebody else they feel that's even more suitable of a replacement for uh, Pac uh, for the fact that they've already gone out and, you know, you know, and they made it public. He's, you know, Sean Spears is going to do the pre-show, so that's that. So it's got to be somebody different that's going to fight uh, in Pac's place. Yeah, well, also the winner of this uh, Casino Battle Royal, which will be like a variation of a Royal Rumble, where instead of one at a time, they kind of come out in waves of five at a time. Um, the winner of this match will win a future AEW World Championship uh, opportunity. So this, you know, if nothing else, this could be a, a great launching point here uh, for one Sean Spears to start whatever story it is he's going to have here in the uh, early days of AEW. For sure, for sure. And I'll be very interested to see what his, uh, what, what Sean Spears' character and gimmick uh, is in AEW as compared to what the Perfect Ten Ty Dillinger was. Nine, nine, nine. It's a variation. It's a little different. No, wouldn't you go up? Would you go to 11? Mm, I don't know. This, this, this amp goes to 11. Yeah, I know. I get the joke. The reason I chose nine instead of 11 is because I almost said 11, but then I realized you only have 10 fingers, and like, what are you going to do? Flash between 10 and 1? 10, 1. It's weird. Nine is you can just do nine. Nine. Well, that would look weird because now you're holding up a five and a four, but you could just hold up 11. You just hold up a one and a one. Oh, 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 that's well, you two know, middle, fi- two middle fingers. Oh, there you go. oh, you get this man in the creative room. I want, I want Lamar on, on AEW. That's great. That's perfect. Double fingers. He's yeah. an 11. That's good. Double fingers. He's 11. Maybe it's maybe, maybe he's given the finger to his previous bosses for not you. I don't know. You know, let, 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 let your mind wander. Man, there's a lot to this here. I love that again, dude, I'm feeling it right now. The energy in this room. Well, uh, one of the energies we're not going to have in the room, uh, most likely here at Double or Nothing, uh, the Observer reporting that AEW has remained interested in signing John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose. But uh, Moxley is not expected to start wrestling until he finishes the Cage Fighter movie that he's working on right now. And uh, I will add to this, I, I have heard that Moxley may have another movie uh, right after this one as well. So I'm not holding my breath for Moxley to be around wrestling uh, for for a while now, I think he's going to kind of ghost everybody. Well, at least the one movie that we do know about, I mean, that wouldn't be surprising. I mean, we've certainly seen it with you know Cena and The Rock and people that you know and, and other uh, pro wrestlers who've, who've done movies. Is that Hollywood is very protective of you know these studios are protective of the investment that they're you know not not just the investment in the, in, in the person John Moxley, but then you know if, if he was to get hurt or something was to delay filming, that then affects that trickles down and affects everybody in the cast and crew. So. Uh, you know, that wouldn't surprise me if that's the reason why we don't see him at double or nothing. Um, but then again, I don't know much about in terms of like, you know, I mean, you know, not to disrespect this movie. I'm not, I don't want this to come out this way. But obviously, you know, like The Rock is dealing with like the top level studios and, and funding and producers and such, you know, has the most, you know, there's more money involved in The Rock's production than anywhere else in Hollywood. So I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit more leniency with the people that Moxley's working with in this particular picture where they'd say, OK, yeah, we'll let you go do um this one night of double nothing and who knows he might be able to spin it to uh the movie people that hey let me resurface as john moxley in a ring that's what everybody's clamoring for and that's going to make the that's going to make the 
attention on this movie when it's done um, that much bigger. You know, that might be the selling point. I don't know. So there's a lot of things, but I, I'm certainly not ruling him out. Uh, for double nothing, I really don't think we can rule anybody off for double nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, one of the people I thought that uh, could possibly jump in there is Adam Page's surprise other opponent, or just somebody that was kind of floating out there that had uh, recently said they were on a handshake deal with WWE uh, was Dolph Ziggler, and I thought it was very interesting that Dolph uh, made his surprise return to WWE last night on SmackDown. He attacked Kofi Kingston. They're going to face off at Super Showdown. The Observer reporting uh, this was a last-minute replacement, and. Uh, Good on him getting this guy involved because right now I would hate if I'm them to have Dolph Ziggler out there bored uh, on a handshake agreement because I absolutely think he fits that that AEW mold. Yeah, he absolutely fits. I agree. Um, you know, we've 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 talked about this before. We've we've been questioning and wondering Dolph's future for it seems like the last like four or five years is always you know speculation and rumor of, of when this contract's done. Has he signed a new one? Is he being used to the fullest? Um, so this is good. I, it's uh, if 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 they're saying he's a last minute replacement, I'm curious who he's replacing. Like, was it you know like what what was the original plan for Kofi? So, um, but yeah, I mean Dolph Ziggler, he's you know he's one of the best workers you can have. So he always, you know, he never he never harms uh, a show that he's on. So yeah, and you know I I would think that his replace he's probably replacing Kevin Owens here because Fightful reported that Owens uh, is not going to Saudi Arabia. Uh, Wrestling Observer reporting Daniel Bryan. Uh, also not going to Saudi Arabia. Of course, Sami Zayn, I don't think, allowed in the country of Sa- of Saudi Arabia. So, um, you know, that th- that was a big name out there. Uh, Dolph, um, you know, I he's such a company man. He, uh, you know, s- sides a little conservative. He's on Fox News. I could see him, you know, they really pushed him uh, at the, what was it, the greatest Royal Rumble last, or no, it was uh, the Cup, the World Cup or whatever they did. Um, they pushed him hard in that tournament as well over there. So, uh, you know, of the guys that are available and, and willing to go do this show and, you know, could get a little get a little buzz around him, I think, you know, Dolph was the man here. He 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 picked the lucky card. Yeah, and he also, he is a bit of an attraction because we haven't seen him. He has been so absent from TV. So uh, it's not like you're getting a match. Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston that we've been seeing a whole lot of recently. You're getting a, a, Dol- a Dolph Ziggler who's, you know, it's kind of fresh. So, um, you know, so it does add to the to the show that's going to be as good, if not bigger, than WrestleMania. Oh, my God. Weissman said the same thing yesterday. It's like they're trolling everyone. I don't get it. Uh, well, uh, you know, I kind of slammed those four news stories together so we could go back to where we started here, uh, which is the fact that we – it sounds like John Moxley probably be, not be a double or nothing. I'm not anticipating John Moxley to be a double or nothing. Dolph Ziggler now uh, back in WWE's good graces. We know Ty Dillinger is going to be a part – of the pre-show, so we still go back to who's going to fill that void of Pac uh, versus Adam Page. Who is out there? Now, I think CM Punk has like an MMA event he's going to be a part of uh, that day and will not be available. So, you know, you're sitting there with the run sheet. You know, you're, you're looking at names. Who are you going after here to try to fill that void here of Pac not, not being able to face Page? I don't know. If, if, if you don't have Moxley... Um, and again, you're already using, you know, and you know, there's people, you know, that, that they, you know, there's people that are still, unfortunately, that are under WWE contract as best as we know, you know, Luke Harper, um, and such that you can't use from, I mean, you know, punk, yeah, he's doing this commentary. I guess it's, it's across the state line in California. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, certainly he has access to a private jet, but I don't know the timing of the events that they match up and make it possible. And yeah. so, you know, okay, so let's take him out of it, I guess. Um, I don't know. You know, you know, you have Dustin Rhodes coming to fight Cody, so that you know he's. I, I'm I'm trying to think of like I know, who, it's hard. yeah, rough. You know who 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 is 
you know, gone from, you know, and, and that's the, that's the other question. Does the name have to be a surprise? This person that we thought was with WWE or that was recently with WWE, or can it just be some really good, I'll just say independent talent, basically meaning works for anywhere else, but WWE, can it just be somebody really good that we've never seen have a match the page before? And that'll be good enough to the fan base. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I can't get a gauge here. What the, what the, what the, what the bar is. I don't know. Like Arquette. Would people get excited if Arquette was the one to take on Adam Page? Uh, I, I mean, I think they'd be entertained. I'm not sure in, in a different yeah. way. I'm not sure if it would, uh, you know, and, and I, I don't know. That's, Nick, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's an interesting one there. I'd be interested to see how Nick Gage played in that spot with the, with the crowd. Because Nick Gage is like the, the, the fans, the hardcore fans that like Nick Gage, like love Nick Gage. They're MDK, you know. Is there any, who like, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is there anybody like a little bit older that like we we probably would never see against Paige again in any of the normal circumstances, but somebody yeah. that could still go, yeah. like like an like an like an RVD, you know, or sure, sure. Well, RVD, you know. his his run in Impact hasn't really lit anybody up. I I don't know if I'd go to him, but yeah, maybe DDP coming out of retirement for one more match and confronting him. You know, uh, I don't know if he'd do it. But that's somebody that would kind of fit that mold a little bit and that they have available to them. So sure. Uh, uh, I don't know. Food for thought. Tweet us at Winkley at hashtag Winkley tomorrow when we're recording. Maybe maybe we'll do a mailbag here tomorrow. Justin, who knows? Let's get weird. You tease that every time. We never do a mailbag. <laughs> Come on. Let me know. Hashtag Winkley. Who do you think is going to fight Adam Page this weekend? Uh, well, let's jump back uh, over here to WWE land. Uh, WWE Raw. Good news here uh, in their viewership. They drew an average of 2.521 million viewers this past Monday. That is up 7.3% uh, from last week's 2.349. Uh, the first hour was 2.6, second 2.58, last hour 2.29, but uh, all three hours up from where they were the, the week before. This is the best Raw viewership since the Superstar Shakeup episode on April 15th, which drew, which drew 2.665 million viewers. Uh, it's also the third straight week that viewership has increased, and the number was only down 5.5% from last year at this time, where other episodes recently have been down 15 to 30. So, uh, a bit of a, a turning of the tide here. What do you make of the the rebound here in the viewership the past couple of weeks? Well, look, as much as people can complain about Brock Lesnar and them going that direction, I still say this all the time. People are so passionate one way or the other about either seeing Brock Lesnar and that he is what I think he is, which is, you know, a once in a lifetime attraction. When he's gone, he's gone. We're not going to find anybody else like him. Right. Or there's the other side of the coin who's very passionate about just disliking him disliking the, the part-time status disliking the 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 type of match he has and, and, the, and the very limited moveset for the most part that he that he does and i and all i can say to the people on that side of the coin is he elicits such a reaction out of you you are so passionate about about hating that he you know is part-time and he is who he is it, it, it draws so much reaction, and, and you and you and you are tuning in. So I mean, I, that's all I can say is Brock Lesnar shocked all of us, shocked most of the roster, from what we understand. Mm-hmm. Wins the Money in the Bank briefcase on Sunday, so yeah, you're tuning in Monday to go, what the hell is this all about? And, and is this for real? Is he going to cash in on this night? Is it? Is it? Gonna, are they going to pull it off of him? Like, 
you know, it, I mean, again, say what you want about disliking him. That's what the goal is. Vince recognizes that he is a draw. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that, 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 that's it. It's, it's, it's pretty plain and simple. hundred percent. You know, I said this yesterday, you know, when Brock Lesnar is announced for things, they sell tickets, pay-per-views get sold. I mean, it's just, you know, it's like gravity. It's just a truth at this point about Brock Lesnar. He's the biggest elephant uh, traveling with the circus. Um, so I think you're you're absolutely right about everything you just said. I also just think that watching Brock Lesnar use the briefcase as a boombox uh, is just it's just good television, you know. You know, and, and uh, again, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, look, Brock is just a general mystery because again, he's one of the last protected guys. He doesn't do social media. He's just he's just he, you know he's just he's one of the last protected guys in a day of a lot of transparency and, and pulling back the curtain and, and and dropping the fourth wall. You know, he, you know, but, but what we can tell is the guy, look, he'll put somebody over. If, 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 if Vince says, we, we want you to put this guy over, he puts him over. We've seen him put people over. Um, if, if you need him to work, I mean, like he, he can work. Like it, it just, you know, he does whatever he needs to do. And if all he needs to do to get the reaction they want is to just show up sporadically, do a bunch of German suplexes and a few F5s, that that's all he needs to do. That's all he's going to do. But I mean, Brock Lesnar has more range than what, than, than I think than the average viewer gives him or what we think about him. But I mean, the guy, as you just said, when you announce him, things get sold. That yeah. is a that is a numer that's a that's a that's a numeric fact that is documented. So, mm -hmm. and and another another part of that is is for the very reason that people dislike him, or at least some people, which is guy doesn't have a match on Raw or SmackDown ever. The guy doesn't have a match on every single month's pay per view. The guy is he is a pre when it, 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 he is he is saved and he is reserved for what's meant to be bigger moments and that translates in a day and age where we see so much 50-50 repetitive uh, matches yeah but what do you but what, the other side of this coin here is and look I've warmed up to the idea of Brock with the money in the bank briefcase I think it's you know interesting this jaguar in the weeds that could attack at any given moment there's a, there's a real tension there but let, the other side of the coin here the thing that I was initially upset about it seems like others were is, where are the new stars getting made in all this? When you go back to Brock Lesnar, you put even more value in Brock Lesnar. I get it, but at the same time, I don't get it when it comes to like creating new stars, which I think somebody could have become one who could have been holding that money in the bank briefcase. Well, I don't deny you there. Obviously, if if, if the argument is we need to make new stars, giving Brock Lesnar the briefcase initially does not seem like you, you know, that, that that's an opportunity you could have put on. Ali or, or a new star. Now that doesn't mean that in the long term, and I'm not saying that WWE necessarily knows what they're even going to do at this point, but that's not to say that, you know, who knows, maybe Brock goes to cash in and he's unsuccessful when he does so. And maybe that somehow elevates somebody new. I, I don't know. I mean, there's scenarios you can do, but I, yes, I do agree. If you're looking to make new stars, um, you know, this does not necessarily uh, go that way. But at the same time, I think what WWE is realizing, and this is, this is the bed they have, they, they've made and now happen to deal with is fans don't always have, you know, fans don't always have the patience necessarily, especially casual fans, which is what they, you know, continue to lose um, based upon the viewership numbers. Casual fans don't necessarily have the patience to watch the development of new stars be built. Now, yeah, watching the ride of, of Dan O'Brien go from level mid card to, you know, the miracle on Bourbon Street, you know, that year, you know, that, that, that's a, that's, you know, walking, watching Becky Lynch go from mid card to the main event of WrestleMania, you know, you can get some, you can get some very intriguing stories of single, single talents and watching their rise. But overall, the development of new stars isn't something that always that the casual fan wants to watch. They, they, they don't want to tune in until that the star is developed until that star is the star. 
so I think that's kind of where WWE's in. I think they're kind of in a panic that they've relied so much over the recent years on the Cena's, the Reigns, the Rocks, the Triple H's, the Undertaker's, the Brock Lesnar's, that they weren't making new stars maybe when they needed to. And now when they're in, they're getting some of the lowest ratings ever, they're pushing a panic button saying, well, we don't have time to be developing new stars. People don't want to watch that process that could take time. We just need to, we got to, we got to, you know, so it's, it's a vicious cycle in some ways that they're going to have to eventually uh, get out of. But when they do make new stars in NXT, uh, we see less than uh, seller treatment of them once they get a Raw SmackDown. We don't have time to make new stars. Just put that, put everything back on Brock. Get it all back on Brock. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. Oh, man. That doesn't sound well when you say it out loud. Um, well, talk about making new stars here and uh, viewership going up on Monday night. There was another tease uh, rolling into Monday night, and that was, of course, the uh, Mick Foley debuting a new title. Uh, and he uh, got a negative reaction from the crowd that night. Uh, a lot was made of it on social media. Uh, Elijah Burke, former NXT uh, Impact Superstar Elijah Burke, chimed in. And Mick Foley told Elijah Burke on Twitter that he thinks the fans booed the new 24-7 title because they were expecting the classic hardcore title. You think that's true? You think that's why they booed? I don't know if that's why they booed. I mean, I'll say this. When everybody was speculating what title it's going to be from Sunday night to Monday, and I saw everything from, oh, maybe it's a, a women's intercontinental title, or maybe it's the European title, or maybe it's a TV title. And I kept saying, guys, the, the clue is who's presenting it. If it, if it was a women's title, they would have got a woman. They would have advertised Trish Stratus. Or if it was you know, European, and then maybe it would have been William Regal or TV title. Uh, yeah, like I'm like, look, it's Mick Foley. So, I mean, I was thinking hardcore, but of course hardcore would have made a little sense given the, the PG era and given the fact they rushed a match to finish when they saw Samoa Joe had blood. Um, but I mean, I, maybe they were expecting hardcore. I just think people were just kind of, I think, you know, the belt looked weird. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to this concept. I think they ended up taking what actually is what people, I don't know if people so much liked the hardcore matches they were getting when the hardcore title was a thing. I think what people liked is what they ended up giving us. People like the whole 24 seven thing. They like the fact that like, you know, a referee could be with anybody at any time and you could attack somebody in the bathroom. That was fun television. And that was kind of just compelling. And it also got a lot of people who may have otherwise not been featured in, in, in full length matches. It got them some screen time. So I agree with this whole thing. I'm, I'm fine by it. I like the whole 24 seven concept. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why people booed. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was necessarily because they were expecting the hardcore title or if they just thought the name was stupid or thought <laughs> the belt looked ugly. I'm not sure. Yeah, it could have been a combination of things. You know, I uh, I took a little heat. Uh, I got a lot of heat. A lot of people negative towards me last night because I did say I said I did, I'm not enjoying this 24 seven title how it's being booked. And uh, for me, I, it's just I I don't like the horde mentality of 30 guys chasing one guy and all of a sudden they all become a blur to me. Right? I don't know that anybody is getting. I don't know that again. I don't feel like any superstars are getting made here with this title, at least not as of yet. And I don't know that any will. Because if you're in this, whatever we'll call it, a division, or if you're in this group of people that's going for this title, I just think you look silly. I don't think it makes you look any more credible. And I don't, well, well, you know. Well, based upon how it looked this past Monday, I agree with you. It was a lot of just, it was just a horde of people that don't otherwise get used. So, to, so based upon Monday, I, I think you're on point by saying that. I think that the concept of the title could do a lot for their live events. The fact that anything could happen during live events and you might see some fun title changes and chases or they'll have their social media team filming somebody, you know, at the airport getting paid. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential for their other platforms and their live events, which which of note needs to uh, see a boost. There's potential there. I do think to move away from the concerns that you just accurately pointed out, they're going to need um, – 
you know, maybe a legend or they're going to need somebody with some credibility to win this thing and then hold it and be chased for, you know, some length of time. I don't know if it's a few weeks, if it's a few months, but I think once you do that, if you can get one or two people that maybe, you know, you, you, you think are quote unquote above this title, um, past or present, that then can then make the herd of people chasing them, trying to find that opportunity, not seem so sea level, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, let's see that then, because that's not what we're getting right now. <laughs> and I feel like this is just going, you know, and everything you said, it's like, I hear that too. It's like, oh, maybe, well, they can do this. They'll do the, the viral videos. They'll live event, title changes. Okay, great. Show me the money, right? Show it yeah. to me, because right now I feel like this thing is going to be the victim of haphazard last second uh, booking uh, when they don't know what to do on the show, they're just gonna throw something together here. I don't. I, it, the the vibe I'm getting off this thing right now is not uh, a concise plan. I just see kind of a mess, and I, I I honestly look at the title as a bit toxic for anybody who's around it at the moment. You know, a very. I mean, yeah. I mean, it could be. Well, we've only seen one day, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Do you want well two? We in SmackDown last night. Uh, oh, well, okay. uh, with you know, and, our, and look, Art Ron Killing's great. Sure, yes, he's hilarious. He, he'll be he'll be fine with the with running around and wearing wigs and all that. But again, you're you're sillying somebody up. And you know, I get there's a place for comedy and all that. But with so many people, you're going to lump into this division. I feel like you're just going to make a joke of a large part of your roster. You know. Well, let me well let me well let me counter though with let me counter though with with the other side of the coin here. Would you have rathered this? Okay, let's let's say let's say let's say you know Vince has made up his mind that they needed to add another title, so that you, so the answer can't be no more titles. So, would you rather this title, or would you rather them trying to throw out another quote unquote serious title, whether it's a, a mid card title in the women's division or another mid card for the men, and then it be another title that ultimately means nothing because of the way they do the 50 50 booking and, and the lack of consistency you know like the u.s title and the intercontinental title don't mean a whole lot to me they, you know, they just don't yeah. anymore unfortunately so i would rather this kind of gimmicky fun running around the arena running around the world essentially i'd rather that and again put somebody with some credibility into it but i'd rather that than another quote-unquote serious mid-card title that just gets lost in the shuffle and means nothing and look i don't want any more titles i don't i didn't think that's what we needed right now i but i told you up front that's not an option if vince says we need another title and you have to go one or the other that's you know Ugh, i would say vince we should in the we should end the brand split this wild card thing is ridiculous let's combine a couple of these titles let's actually push our champions and create xt as a uh, valuable a uh, different second entity and uh, create some real tension between the brands to create compelling television. How's that? Uh, he didn't. He didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> <laughs> Last note he, here. He was. He, he wasn't listening. He was. He was. Uh... <laughs> uh, lastly, here on this twenty four seven title, WWE uh, did a little write up yesterday. Released some info about it. Uh, you know, basically saying this is a continued lineage of, you know, what was the hardcore title and the title will be eligible to superstars on Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK, and even WWE Legends and Hall of Famers. So like you said there before, you know, maybe a legend getting a hold of it, but everybody's in play. Everybody's in play here. I like it. Yeah. All right. Lastly here, uh, last bit of news, uh, Carmella. She was uh, the latest to tweet and delete. Uh, she had a tweet towards Mandy Rose. Mandy took a shot at her for changing her hair, saying you'll never look like me or whatever. And Carmella tweeted back, trust me, I don't want to look like you, babe. You could never pull off both, uh, meaning brunette and blonde. Also, go back to NXT and learn how to be safe in the ring. Stiff shot? 
Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, everybody's just going at each other on Twitter. You know, the stuff we're seeing these days is, is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mandy did it did look a little a little rough in the Money in the Bank match uh, spot that 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 did quote unquote hurt Carmella. I mean, yeah, everybody on Twitter just kind of uh, if they don't if they don't get to say it to you in catering, they just kind of go on there and you know, it, it, think about what think about it. You know, they go on Twitter. You know, they can kind of half say what they truly believe, and the other half they can just kind of uh, oh, oh, I was just working. I was just you know. Just trying to, you know, just trying to fuel the storyline. You know, it's kind of that's kind of the weird thing today, and with, with the social media, they can kind of like, oh, I was just doing it just to, you know, just to get some buzz. You know, I, I didn't really mean anything by it. You know. So. My guest at this time is a former WCW, TNA, and AAA tag team champion. He also currently serves as a producer and talent for MLW and Impact Wrestling. It is Conan. Conan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Uh, thank you very much. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get to it here. You know, I spent uh, my morning kind of catching up. I binged the last three weeks of MLW, and, and man, what an incredible product you guys have right now. Uh, I wanted to jump to Filthy Tom Lawler here. He's the current MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, why do you think he's the man to be the face of the promotion when it seems that MLW is working so hard right now to play to that Hispanic fan base? Um, well, you know... Uh, I think that given his his um, background in MMA, um, given the fact that he's a very hard worker, very quick learner, um, has really improved on the mic. Uh, he's a great he's a great guy to have that that championship right now. Uh, he deserves it. He's worked hard, and um, uh, you know I don't I don't really look at it like why isn't there a Hispanic champion? Sure. Sooner or later there will be. I think now more than ever. People have under, it was very funny. I saw an interview with your boy, Eric Bischoff. I don't know if you saw it, where he was talking about Silver King. Did you, did you see that interview? I, I have not. TNT? No, I haven't. And he, he said something that, you know, was very true. He said, you know, Silver King was very underrated. And the, and, and the effect the luchadors had on the wrestling landscape you know, even I at the time didn't know how big it was because he, he didn't understand how big Lucha Libre was. How could he? You know, he didn't grow up around it. He didn't know anything like most of the people did it in the industry. But the fans did, you know. And so right now, I don't really worry too much if there's a Hispanic champion. I'm sure when the time is right, there will be. Um, we just can't. Uh, um, I think, like I said before, Tom Lauder is a very good good uh good choice and there's some interesting matchups i don't know what way court's gonna go but you know davy boy smith's son harry smith's a good guy that he could go up against or um you know even uh fatu who's looked incredible you know there's a plethora of guys out there that he could have some really good matches with i think it's a good choice yeah okay well and you know since you brought him up i, I did want to ask you uh about silver king i didn't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, your relationship with him and, and, you know, what you think his passing means to the world of pro wrestling? Um, well, you know, Silver King was just a guy that at a very young age, he was already like a prodigy. I remember when I used to go to Tijuana to wrestle, uh, to as a fan, not even as wrestle, just checking out the product. Uh, and I remember there were only two young guys that they used because everybody back then were veterans. Everybody in the main event was a veteran. You've been in the business 10 years plus. That's the only way you were in the main event. And uh, there were only two guys that were really young, Silver King and Eddie Guerrero. And um, 
And, you know, and that just showed you how great he really was. Um, you know, just a very, very underrated, very natural workhorse, you know, just very underrated wrestler. And, um, you know, like any, like any brother in this business that's gone through the grind that we all go through, um, you know, it's a horrible loss and it's very sad, um, you know, so it's very, very sad. Uh, we'll talk about some uh, Lucha workhorses. I'll shift gears here a little bit. Uh, what does the the future of the Lucha Brothers look like for MLW? Are they are they wrapping up? I was a little surprised to see LA Park pick up the win over Pentagon and, and Airwolf pick up the win over Phoenix. I don't know. I think they might be. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you know they're probably going to be wrestling uh, full time with AEW in the United States, and I don't know you know, how exclusive that's going to be, you know, they may not let nobody, they may not let none of their talent wrestle anywhere else, which is their prerogative, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, but they'll definitely be working for me in AAA, so, you know, at least I'll be able to use them there. I've told them, hey, you know, you should ask if, uh, AEW to maybe give you a couple wild card days, so if there's anything you might want to do one day with MLW, like an anniversary show or a super cool match you might want to be a part of, but, you know, that's one of the problems that I see in wrestling that, that's very disheartening to me. Um, just the fact that, and this is ego, there's nothing else but ego, where companies don't want to work with other companies. I really don't see the business sense of it because if you look at it, Nick, uh, you give the fans fresh matchups who you want to have happy. You give the boys another place to make money and they don't get stale. Because let's face it, when you're in a company and it's the same roster, if you're just moving chess pieces around, invariably your baby faces are going to be heels and your heels are going to be baby faces. And it's the same guys wrestling each other over and over and over. And so, you know, it's really all ego. I see no business sense why companies don't work together. So when I see these ridiculous alliances between CMLL and Ring of Honor and New Japan where they can only work with each other, and I think now NWA joined that little click. Well, AAA had to make their own alliances, but it's not something that we wanted to do. And I don't even think MLW wants to do either. I don't want to talk to the court, but he's always been a free thinker. And everybody should be working with everybody in some sort of fashion just for the freshness of it and for the fans and for the boys, you know. And, and it, I, I'll give you an example. When I was in Puerto Rico wrestling for uh, Carlos Colon uh, for WWC, I was there at in the end of the 90s, in the end of the 90s when the reggaeton was really starting to hit big on the island. And there was something that really just made me look at things a different way. You would see how all the rappers from different labels, it didn't matter, they all worked together. And every time like a rapper, like each rapper had a had their own like style or own little beat, when they would come in a song, they would come in with a different beat. It was incredible, and it was everybody working together, and it made it so, and that's the way I think wrestling should be. Everybody should be able to work with each other, but, you know, everybody's got their own politics. Sure, and you talk, you know, you talk about AEW maybe having the prerogative of, you know, taking some of the talent away, doing business their way. I mean, just in general here, you know, with AEW announcing this big TNT deal, how do you think that affects the, the pro wrestling landscape, including MLW? Well, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, this is something that I talked to Paul Heyman about when I was in ECW. At the end of the day, you know, you've got these two big companies with big pockets that are, you know, that are just waiting for your, you know, now you've almost become a farm system for the big two in a way because they just 
sit back in the cut and they wait to see who gets over. Once your contract's over, they just they just um, offer them two, three times what you have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, you just got to be more resourceful, you know. And success is favorite turned inside out, you know. Uh, errors and mistakes, they're useful tools, Nick, because it teaches you what not to do, what to do next time. So you've just got to go in there, like I've said before, and, uh, you know, you've just got to be able, and this is something that, you know, MLW's done with guys like MJF, with Fox 2, with, um, you know, now we've got this Alex Hammerstein, uh, even Tom Waller, you know, they're just identifying talent. You know, they had Matt Riddle for a while. We had Rush. Um, uh, identified that talent, and then identifying talent isn't enough. You also have to cultivate cultivate them. You've got to motivate them. You've got to show them what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, what to, you know, all that stuff. You've got to help them along along their journey. And it's kind of sad sometimes when you've done all the heavy lifting and somebody comes up and they offer more money, but that's the marketplace. You know, MLW had the money, AEW did. They do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you know, it's interesting right now because it's as successful as the the business is right now with so many promotions. Uh, you know, coming up, working together, talent breaking out. You know, we've seen a decline in WWE's ratings. You know, what do you what do you attribute that to? Do you think it's solely creative, or do you think it's because there's other promotions like MLW and, and Impact breaking out and, and pulling viewers away? Uh, well, I think they shot their, themselves in the foot so many times. I mean, there's no show. I have a podcast which concerns wrestling, so I, I have I have to watch it. But there's no show that if it was as bad as WWE has been for the last few years that I'd still be watching. Yeah. And I don't think you'd argue on that, correct? No, it's been, I mean, especially the past year with the, you know, uh, which side of history are you on that Vince McMahon has been doing this kind of ethereal kind of political stuff. I don't know that it's really resonated with the fans. No, well, forget the, 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 the political stuff of, 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 of uh, Vince McMahon, I mean, this 50-50 booking, who does that help? I mean, the, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, just the unnecessary filters, unnecessary backstage politics. You got to watch what you say, what you do, you know, um, them writing out promos for you that are brutal. I've heard some terrible stuff said on TV, you know, Ray Mysterio going into WrestleMania. Yes, he is my best friend and all that. And he's in there for one minute. Come on. So, there's, you know, Ricochet. Let me tell you, Ricochet's the greatest high flyer I've seen since Ray Mysterio. This is my opinion. If you were to turn on WWE, uh, I think it was Monday, he lost against Baron Corbin, right? Yes. Did you watch the show? I did, yes. Okay. If you were to, if you were to turn on WWE and you didn't know who Ricochet was and you saw that match, would you have any idea that he was the greatest high flyer since Ray? It's tough, man, especially with a guy like Corbin who, you know, he's not very popular, but he moves like the big boss man. You know, he's no slouch in there. Yeah, but it wasn't even Corbin's fault. I mean, it could have been anybody. Just the fact that I watched him in that match. When he came out with Alistair Black, who's a very good too, but, I mean, they didn't mix. I mean, what, what, the way they introduced him, it was like, you know, oh, yeah, here are four new superstars. Remember before, like, Carlito would do the vignettes and yeah. Razor Ramon would do the vignettes? Before they even hit the ring, they were already a star. The Million Dollar Man with all those things. I don't know if you remember these. Do you remember those? Yeah, I remember all these. Yeah, of course. Bro, they were stars before they even came into the ring. You know what I'm saying? What happened to that? Well, what? you know, like they're doing, like right now, they're doing a good job with this thing with uh, Bray Wyatt, or I don't know, he's some sort of crazy monster, whatever he is, right? Yeah. 
And so they've done these vignettes to set him up. When he gets into the ring, he's going to have, you know, heat. You know, people know who he is. And so I, it's almost like this company that, you know, was so great at storylines and making stars and great at making star making vignettes. And it's almost like they've lost their way, you know. And, uh, yeah, a lot of it can be attributed to Vince McMahon, but a lot of it is also the talent. You've got to go out there and, you know, if, if, if – you know, if you don't ask, the question is going to be no. If you, if, you know, if you're always, you know, you can't become complacent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you want to be safe and good or do you want to take a chance and be great? You know, and all, almost all the great ones had better drive. They had more initiative. There was a cockiness to them. There was a hungriness to them, a willing to shine your contemporaries. And you got to go out there and not, not care what the ramifications are going to be and get yourself over because, you know, it's almost like you're in awe. You're like oranges, and once they take all the juice out of you, you know whether you're hurt or you become too hard to deal with or you're not producing. They just get another orange and you start squeezing that juice. You know. Uh, I'll shift gears here a little bit back to MLW. Uh, you guys uh, just brought on Austin Aries. What do you think Austin Aries adds to the MLW roster? Well, he's a good, great talker, great performer. Um, so why wouldn't you want him? You know, um, he's a little bit of a wild card. You know, he, he, he definitely walks to the beat of his own drum. But, uh, you know, we've got another guy like that, Teddy Hart, and people love him. You okay. know what I'm saying? Yes. People like people that are real. Yeah. And so that, that, that's, you know, he's, he's a welcome addition. I hadn't even put two and two together, having Austin and Teddy on the same roster. That's, that's quite a duo there. You know, I wanted to ask you, you know, since you kind of walked the line with MLW and Impact, you know, what happened? with Austin Aries there. I never seemed to get like a really straight answer about what happened with that weird bound for glory tantrum he had. I'm not sure, bro, because, you know, sometimes, you know, they want to keep things under wraps. So it isn't like they're out in the open saying what happened. I don't know if he went into business for him. I don't know if he went into business for himself. That's kind of what it sounds like to me. Or, they had agreed on him doing something and he went a little bit further because he maybe thought in his mind that this was the right thing to do. Obviously the company did it. So I don't know if he threw a tantrum. I don't know if he went into business for himself. I don't know if he did both or whatever he did, did it in the the management. He's no longer there. You know, I really didn't uh, get into the intricacies of what went down because I really didn't care. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, that's something that, that, um, that I'm sure him and court will work out. You know, if there's an attitude problem or is there, if he's going to be going in the business for himself, well, that's something that court is going to curtail because he, the good thing about him is that the buck stops with him. There's a lot of companies that work for where you're not sure who's the boss or you get one answer for one guy, you get one answer for the other guy, you know, go to court and he'll let you know what's up. But, um, uh, you know, definitely a valuable performer. I, I you know, yeah. You know, it's interesting to hear you talk about court like that. You know, it sounds very Vince McMahon-esque, right? You know who the man at the top is and the buck stops there. You know, what are the what are kind of the similarities and differences you see between court and, and Vince McMahon? I don't know. I don't know Vince that well, you know. Yeah. Um, I just know that, like Vince McMahon, he's a workaholic. You know, to be 70 years old and still be going to all the TV tapings and all that, you know, you know he built it. That's his empire. And all the mistakes he's made, you know, that Vince is making or has made, you've also got to look at all the successes he's had, right? Yeah. And so I, I do believe that 
you know, the one thing Court learned from Vince is probably his work ethic. And he's got no time off and he's always working. And, you know, uh, I think that there's no better alternative than there's no better uh, recipe for success than hard work. And so, and then another thing, he probably understands how important it is working because he worked for a lot of different companies when he left WWE. And we used to have a lot of conversations about how we thought the business should be and what we would do if we were ever in a position to change it. And he's actually in a position and so am I. And, uh, and so I think, you know, he understood how important it was to have one guy say, hey, look, this is the way it's going to be and that's the way it is and that's it. And that's very important. You know, and I was in the military for seven years and I understand the importance of, you know, a regiment of, you know, if there's no discipline, there's just complete anarchy and chaos and disorganization. So there has to be, you know, discipline and accountability. Yeah. And he's very big on that. Um, uh, switch gears here a little bit. I want to ask you about Sammy Callahan. You know, he's been an interesting guy to watch, I think, grow in the past year or so in pro wrestling. He really seems to have found himself as a performer. And I've also heard that he's found himself as a, a bit of a backstage influencer you know what do you think of the work sammy's doing right now in the ring and behind the curtain well uh you know that's very smart because that's what i did in the business at a very young age you know i was booking and i was behind the scenes almost by accident and it helped me you know as as a, as a wrestler you never really know what's what the office wants or what they're thinking or why they do things and i did because i was in the office and but it also helped me because since you know, I was the only guy in the office that was a wrestler. I could address issues to them that, you know, they normally wouldn't be aware of because they weren't wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? So he, I think he's doing the same thing. He's learning how to book. He's learning how to be produced. He's learning, you know, but MLW has like six of guys that he's either trained or has something to do with. It might be even more, you know. So, you know, that's very smart, you know, because the day that he retires from wrestling, just like I did, you know, he'll have steady work. Yeah, good point. Um, another name uh, from MLW I wanted to get your take on was Selena De La Renta. I had a chance to talk with Selena about a week ago. Uh, MLW's really rallied around her. Uh, why Why do you think uh, you guys are sold on pushing her so young, especially at such a young age? Because uh, she's, uh, she's a rare find. You know, she doesn't, you know, most people today uh, don't want to be a hero. They don't know what how to be a heel. They want to be cool heels like Hall and Nash used to do. Um, you know, they want to still be over with the fans. They still want to be able to sell T-shirts. And she don't care. You know, she's kind of like me in a way. Again, you know, she didn't grow up wanting to be a wrestler, neither did I. But anyways, she just kind of watched wrestling. I don't know. She was telling me that she was watching the Divas or something like that, and she thought it was cool. And uh, But she learns quick. She's not afraid to be a heel which people don't, most young young cats don't know how to do or want to do anymore, especially women. And so she'll go out there and she'll say the raunchiest, the most craziest, the most heat-seeking things, and she doesn't care because she knows she's out there to entertain. And I think she has some sort of an acting background, the boot. So obviously that gives her a little bit of a jump on everybody else that's trying to pretend they know what they're doing and, and doing amateur acting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because, you know, the... the because, I mean, when you kind of look at a wrestler, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like drama, it's like drama, comedy, acting, memorizing, thinking on your feet, ad-libbing, you know, 
especially when you're on TV, live TV, it's even more pressure. You don't have any redos. But anyways, um, Selena's uh, like a prodigy, you know. She might, uh, another kid. There's another kid in uh, in um, in uh, MLW, uh, Mr. MJF, who uh, you know. <laughs> I saw a video of him on the Rosie O'Donnell show, and that was absolutely brutal, by the way. But um, he's a prodigy, too, at a young age. He gets it. You know, he ain't afraid to go out there and get heat and insult people and be cocky, and, and he does a great job, you know. And Selena is in a is really, for being 22, 20, whatever she is, uh, she's a rare find and a gem, and she's just going to get better and better. She doesn't even really know what she's doing yet when she does Watch out. Well, uh, MLW, I've been to the past couple Chicago shows that you all have done. Uh, sellouts, amazing shows. Uh, one of our exports here in Chicago is Gringo Loco, El Gringo Loco. Uh, what do you think of uh, Gringo Loco and the fact he's uh, started to create some buzz around himself? Yeah, Gringo Loco, uh, you know, he paid his dues in Mexico, man. He was in Mexico for many, many years on the independent circuit, which is a super hard grind. I mean, there's the independent circuit, and then there's a Mexican independent circuit. And that's a grind. And he was there, and he learned from the best. And, you know, they gave him a shot in MLW in Chicago, in his hometown, you know, uh, and he looked great. You know, he just has to lose weight, which I think he, he is losing weight, and change that JoJo gear he wears. But other than that, you know, that kid's real good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I wanted to also, one more talent I wanted to ask you about was Brian Pillman Jr. You know, you were in WCW uh, around when his dad was there. I didn't know uh, what you saw in Brian Pillman Jr. that, that compares or contrasts to, to Brian Pillman Sr. Or even if you had any memories uh, of a young Brian Pillman Jr. kind of being around WCW. I don't remember him in WCW. I do remember him. Uh, unfortunately, I think it was at the, like, they had this big show, it might have been in Kentucky or Ohio or somewhere like that, where somehow they got WCW wrestlers and WWE wrestlers, because I remember Road Dog was there, and he was in WWE, and I was in WCW, and Ray was there, and I remember D'Lo Brown, but anyways, they had this big thing, like, for Brian Pillman, and he had just passed away, and I remember Brian's son and he had a daughter were both there, they were real young, and I remember we had like a super soaker. We were playing around with each other. It was just running around and being a wild kid, you know. Then all of a sudden, I met him. I don't know, twenty years later, whatever it was, and you know, um, he's got. He definitely has the Brian Pillman crazy gene, you know. <laughs> and um, he's a he's another he's a very respectful kid, you know. I love his dad. His dad was. Absolutely great. I, I laughed so much with him. Big rib was always playing ribs and very straight shooter. And you know, Ryan's a very respectful. I remember one time I was I was going over a match and he was actually taking notes. And I was like, wow, that's very smart. Hmm. You know, it's very easy to forget what I just told you after because you know sometimes you'll go and, and if I'm the agent of the match, I'll say, okay, well this is what we want and don't forget to do this and make sure we do that and. You know, you try, you try to give them as much information as you can so they're prepared to go out there. And the thing is, is that a lot of times when after you put together a match, guys will leave and they're using the phone or they go to eat and they forget what you told them. And he actually wrote it down. And that really resonated with me because I used to do that back in the day. I used to write down everything that I thought would be valuable to me 
and I would save it, and I had it like a little file, and I would and I would go and look at it every time I needed pointers, and um, so I thought that was very refreshing. Uh, he he's another guy, you know, that's going to be a future star without a doubt. You know, I, I you know he's, you know, Court's done a great job of getting a lot of good young talent that other people didn't know about or weren't really using correctly, and done a great job with them. Yeah, I agree. A deep bench right now. A lot of young guys. Uh, that are definitely breaking out, young young uh, guys and women as well. Um, Conan, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time with, uh, to chat with me here. Really enjoy the MLW product right now. Very well done. Uh, again, a deep roster, a great amount of talent. Is there anything you want to leave the listeners with here today before uh, we wrap this up? No, not really. I just think that MLW, you know, it's an easy hour to watch, and of course that helps because even even like the other day I went to see the Avengers, and it was like three hours long, and like two hours in, I was already like, well, how much time is left? You know, <laughs> I mean, there is a thing is audience fatigue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's something that that uh, uh, you know that one hour, which really like 44 minutes, goes by real quick. You know, I think there's a bit of ECW feel to it, and I think that's something courts. You know, what do you do, Nick? What do you do if you if you have a hamburger chain and there's smash burgers and five burgers and McDonald's and went and you know, you start a pizzeria and you start a wrestling company, what can you do? You know, because I mean so you almost have to cater, you know, you almost have it's almost become almost niche in a way where you're catering your product to and to to a certain uh, uh, what would be the word? Um, to a certain audience, because what I think he's done, he's taken a little bit of like old school Southern wrestling, some WCW, some world class, you know, some WWE, you know, a little bit of some Lucha Libre, all of that, and it's kind of put it together. So everybody has something for them. You know what I'm saying? For every single taste. I got you. Hardcore, casual fan. Um, you know, the, the only thing I haven't really seen him do is intergender matches, which I don't think he's a big fan of. And I am a big fan of in Mexico. And we haven't really seen a lot of female wrestling there. I'm sure that's soon to come, too. But, um, you know, in a very hypercritical, hypersensitive wrestling fan base that we have, and they have every reason to be, you know, when I read the comments, they're overly positive. And that's good. All right. um, yeah. And then the last thing, uh, and then the last thing that I would like to plug is I started my podcasting career because of Court Bauer on MLW Radio, yeah. and I'm back on there on Thursdays, so you can check out Keeping It 100, where we talk politics, wrestling, sports, pop culture, a little bit of everything, and that's uh, every Thursday at MLW Radio, and uh, obviously you can check out MLW on BN Sports. <laughs> On Saturday nights. On 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 note of your podcast here, just real quick to get it in. Why why don't you think it worked out at the Jericho Network? Chris Jericho seems to everything he touches is gold. Why don't you think that the you were a fit for the the podcast network? Uh, well, the, we were at Westwood One, mm-hmm. and uh, at there, there, here's what's happened with podcasting. You know, it's almost like the housing bubble. <laughs> you know, it's almost like. You know, everybody saw, oh, well, wow, podcasting, not high overhead. I can get into it. I'll probably make easy money, you know, like anything else. Anytime somebody sees a gimmick or anything that gets over, everybody wants to jump on it. And when I started, there were only about, I think it was just us, maybe Dave Notes and Cole Cabana. There were just three podcasts, really. And um, I think we were the first ones to ever actually charge money to listen to us. A year later, you know, there were, you know, 
50 podcasts. Now there's like 300. I went to StarCast. You were at StarCast, right? I was. I, yes, I was at StarCast. Okay, bro. Did you see, I called it Podcast Row. Did you see how many podcasts they had along the, the window there? Where they had all these podcasters sitting right next to each other? Yeah. Like on the window. Did you see that or no? Yeah. They, those bro, people pay, was like, well, I was going to say, those people paid to be there. They all paid like 300 bucks a pop for space at that Podcast Row. All right. They paid to be there. And no offense, I never heard of any Bible. I don't think I, any of them, I don't think. You know, I was like, well, imagine this. If you're a fan, you have to choose between Jericho, Jim Ross. I don't even, does Steve Austin still doing a podcast? Yes, Steve Austin still does his podcast. Steve Austin, Eric Bischoff, you know, guys that have been in the business, Bruce Pritchard. You know, then there's my podcast and Shane Helms' podcast, and you know, that we're underneath those guys. And then there's the guys that are just fans. Like, who are you going to listen to? There's so many podcasts out there that's ridiculous. And anyway, so what happened with Westwood One is they came to a point where they were like, if your shows aren't doing these amount of listeners on Westwood One, we're no longer interested in them. And the only show that was doing those numbers was Jericho. You know, yeah. And so he stayed on Westwood One, and I came back to MLW. It's become very frag, fragmentized. You know what I'm saying? There's just a million podcasts out there now. But you know, like anything else, it'll settle back, and you know, the strong will survive, and the the, the primo will rise to the top. I got you. Cool. Well, hey Conan, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, support you, all those great things on social media? You can check me out on on Twitter or Facebook at K O double N A N fifty one fifty. You can check me out there, and you can also check out AAA on Twitch dot com, which is the company that I book for in Mexico. And uh, you know, like I said, it's been great to reunite with Court. He's the guy that got me into the podcasting game so many years ago, and now me and him talking about you know what we would do to change the business, and now he's actually you know, has a chance to do it, you know, just like the cats at AEW have a chance to do it, you know? Yeah. And um, so it's a great time to be in the business and who knows, I mean, what, what the future holds. I just hope, I really hope my biggest hope is that more companies will work together for the betterment of the industry, for the pleasure of the fans. And so the boys have other places to work and make some income. Um, so that's what I'm hoping happens in the future. Not more, because I work with different companies, and I try to be a liaison between the companies, Nick. And everybody's so paranoid of everybody else. And it's just because they don't talk to each other. They don't know each other. And I'm like, bro, if they knew that this guy's cool and this guy's cool, they'd probably work together. But everybody's so afraid somebody's going to take their talent or somebody's trying to screw them over. You know, that, that, that atmosphere of paranoia that's been fostered in the wrestling industry really been paramount to... Uh, just business not being done, you know? <clears throat> and so I hope that that ends one day. So, um, so basically what I do with them is uh, I like to just talk to people outside of the wrestling business, kind of to get their ideas of kind of how they became fans, what made them fans. So was there a moment for you um, or whether there a performer kind of that really initiated your uh, love of pro wrestling? Uh, I mean, it started really young for me, um, probably when I was five or six. I grew up in the south side of Chicago, and I grew up um, in a house, like, I was just raised by my mom, and I lived in a house with my aunt and my sisters, 
excuse me, my sister and my cousin. Um, so it was just a lot of ladies, and my uncle would come in, and he would take me to the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago and take me to go see house shows. And I saw uh, Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake and a lot of stretcher matches. I saw the Ultimate Warrior. I saw Jake the Snake. Um, and then it kind of just, uh, you know, the over-the-topness, all the, the big music, the explosions, and I was just hooked since I was about five years old and, um, you know, quit when I watching in, in my early teens when I wanted to have sex with ladies and I didn't think they liked wrestling. And then, you know, when that didn't work out either way, I got right back into it. <laughs> uh, so who who got you back into it then? Uh, you know, I think like a lot of people my age, it was, again, I was like, oh, I want to have sex with ladies, and they won't. But then it was like, oh, the ECW is showing a lot of boobs and violence and stuff, and I guess I'll go over here. So it was really kind of like the uh, more adult ECW stuff, the Rob Van Dam. You um, know, I think him and the Dudley Boys were kind of the, a big influence in pulling me back into uh, wrestling after my lap. Okay. And uh, you mentioned going to the Rosemont Horizon. Um, is there one show in particular that you'll always remember that you uh, attended? Mm. As a child, yeah, there would probably be uh, the Spring Stampede in Chicago, seeing um, Max Payne and, and um, Cactus Jack. They just fought all over the building, and it was really, really crazy and really uh, influential to my young mind. Um, as an adult, it's probably like going to a couple of PWG shows here in L.A., I kind of re reignited my love of wrestling and, and got me more involved in wrestling when I was actually meeting and hanging out with some of the wrestlers and talking with people and um, that's what got me pretty much back back in hardcore and where I'm you know hanging out and talking with people and going to Ric Flair's birthday party. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, you go from going to Strength Fantasy and watching him wrestle to uh, Ric Flair's birthday party to to doing his roast. So seems like it's like following along your career here with uh wrestling yeah it's not i'm i'm very happy with it <laughs> i love it yeah it's a dream come true for me to just be involved um the fact that he was willing to you know do the intro on my special and you know that was one thing and but to be invited to actually you know go to his birthday party and be involved with some of his, his family stuff and to get the chance to uh, really celebrate him and also make fun of him is, is something I, I'm very grateful for. What was uh, attending his birthday party like? I mean, there was a lot of familiar faces. We saw interesting mix of uh, folks that were attended there. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, it was like when I died and went to heaven. It's all these people that I just grew up loving that I watched when I was a child all, all together celebrating one man. And it really kind of, you know, I mean, as much as things have changed, there's still a stigma with wrestling with how people look at it, but to me, it was really um, there's a couple of fans in there. Um, it was really eye-opening to see how much respect he had from different aspects of all communities, of whether it's football, like Todd Gurley was there, or Evander Holyfield, or or just you know actors or musicians, or just his doctor and his family. You know, and then I was like, that's what I want to be when I'm 70. You know, I don't necessarily need Charles Barkley there, but. I would love to know that I affected a lot of people and, and um, just generations of people, you know, that's a beautiful life. Yeah. Um, so you've made, you know, 
different wrestling references uh, in your appearances and different acts and things like that. Um, who would you say within the pro wrestling industry has become your biggest fans? I mean, you touched on Ric Flair and, and him being able to do the intro to your show, but are there any others that kind of really caught on and really have followed you? Um, I mean, there's just a, I get a lot of respect from, um, I would say, like, people who are my friends now would be like Cassius Ono. I, I really like Chris Hero a lot. He's just a nice guy. I love Sami Zayn. Uh, but these are just m- more, like, people who maybe – not necessarily through my comedy, but just going through shows and hanging out that I've gotten to to know more. Um, I mean, I guess the biggest two was that after my special, I got a uh, um, I got a beautiful you know tweet from The Rock about how much he liked my special and how much he liked me calling him Beyonce for boys and all that. But uh, privately, I got a message from from Kevin Owens um, just talking about how much he liked that I. Um, Talked about have being a single dad of a son with autism and you know his own struggles with with with, with his his son and, and how he's open and, and stuff with with dealing with autism and and so that that probably is the one that meant the most to me. Okay, and uh, you know you you touched on it a little bit. You're you're doing the roast uh, for Ric Flair. Um, talk about what it's like kind of preparing for for this. Are there any guidelines that you're given? Is there anything off limits? What can uh, people expect from this? I mean, I just kind of stick to what I do. I'm not the meanest person in the world anyway, so I'm not going to be a guy who goes in there and just rips apart somebody's family life or something like that. I assume everybody will will stick, you know, try to stay away from from certain things. Uh, but me, I, I'm a, I'm there the host. I'm there to get the show over. So I'm gonna just um, mostly talk about how happy and grateful I am, and I'm definitely gonna shoot some truthful barbs in there, but. There's other. There's Tony Hinchcliffe. There's Mike Lawrence. There's a lot of like ruthless people who are going to go out there and really rip people apart. Um, that's not really my job. But as far as like any guidelines, I haven't been given any. They said pretty much you can talk about whatever you want. That's awesome. And uh, has Rick Flair kind of reached out trying to get some intel, or he he's whatever. He's an open book. Whatever he wants. Whatever you guys want to talk about. Oh, he's pretty much he's an open book, and he you know when you. When you're a 16-time world champion and, and you've been married as many times as he has and has sex with as many people's moms as he has, he's not he's not scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me about what else uh, you're doing. I know you're doing some other. You're doing another stage show. Uh, at least one. More yeah, stage on Thursday, Thursday night I'm going to be doing a straight-up stand-up show with a lot of the, the comedians who will be in the row. So, so it's kind of a chance for people who are there who maybe wrestled out a little bit and just want to see like a regular stand-up show. I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit about wrestling, but for the most part, it's just a comedy show with some of the greatest comedians in the country. So it's definitely worth seeing. But if it's all you care about is wrestling, I'm also doing the um, my Get High Watch Wrestling show with X-Pac. Um, I believe it's going to be after the roast um, where we'll just we'll kind of like Mystery Science Theater 3000 meets wrestling um we're going to be have a video made for us by Matthew from Botchamania, and he'll be on the mic with us, and we'll just be watching some old classic um, clips and, and making fun of some old promos and some old botches, and, and everybody will be getting pretty stoned. Um, but you don't have to if you don't want to, but I will be. What's uh? What do you make of, uh, all, you know, you see Dolph Ziggler and, and others who have kind of gotten on to the stand-up. Uh, is there like a natural kind of progression that you see? a transition from doing a wrestling into, into doing stand-up? 
I mean, it's just a very similar job, just going town to town. You know, um, my act is no different than like somebody's match. You know, you're trying to try new things here and there and evolve your match and evolve your act and, and keep pushing yourself. You know, the only difference is I don't put myself through tables, you know. So I, I get it. The people who are good, I just like it when people actually have a respect for my craft, you know. Um, just like when I, I went to, when I wanted to do a little wrestling, I went to wrestling school and I didn't, I found out I wasn't too good at it, but I didn't, but I made sure that I respected the craft. And that's one thing I like about Dolph a lot. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, has he got, has he reached out to you about getting advice or anything? Kind of like you made. Oh, no, no. I mean, okay. that would mean he's a shitty comedian. If he's out there asking me for advice, he's just got to figure out what he's doing on his own. That's pretty much what he's done. I've done a couple of his shows, and it's cool. Like, um, he's, I, the last show I did, I just said exactly. It's like he, he's a true comedian because he's like, this is what his passion is. And then now he's just kind of slacking off at his day job. He barely even shows up at wrestling. And then he's just taking that money and funding his comedy career. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. All right, and lastly, uh, just, you know, you have all these names that are going to be at StarCast. Uh, is there anyone in particular that you're kind of like going to go out of your way to try to meet? Bret Hart. I love Bret Hart. He was at WrestleMania, and he was at the Hall of Fame. I was staying, I was staying at the same hotel with the wrestlers, but I never got um, – every time I saw him, he was busy. And he's like – he's my favorite when I was a kid, and um, – I really want to meet him, and I'm going to take my little case of action figures and see how many I can get signed. I want to see if I can get Ron Simmons to sign it. Um, it just, you know, I just like to, whoever really is cool, really. I like to find out who who the nice people in wrestling are, and that's actually one thing I love about StarCast and All Elite is, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to be a wrestling fan when you look at some of uh, uh, some of the choices they make um ethically or are, are are things that they've done sexually or racial racially before and with 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 meeting those young bucks before meeting Cody Rhodes before these are all people where I like I've met them I've shook their hands and I can be like I I don't you know they could be monsters in the dark I don't know but as far as I know these are all genuine sweet nice people and I want I I want I think anyone should root for them to succeed mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's nice to see, you know, those who are, are proud and out about their wrestling passion and, and are excited about it and are, you know, using your talents to kind of get involved with it. So that's kind of cool to see. Yeah, I just like to be involved in the things that I love. So it's, it's beautiful for me to, you know, grew up watching it, spend my money watching it anyway. So if, if, if because of my comedy, I can occasionally get free tickets or be involved in fun events or Host the roast of Ric Flair. I mean, hell yeah. Dream come true. And uh, you just came from Australia. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Just you're on tour still regularly? Is there any other projects yeah. you want to tell people about? Um, I mean, I'm just really focused on my podcast. It's called Getting Better uh, with Ron Sanchez. And, and we've had Joey Ryan on it. We're going to have a couple other wrestlers. We've reached out to the Young Bucks about being on it. And it's just about people getting better at their craft and their life, and it's really fun. And then other than that, I'm I'm always on tour. I'm in the middle of a tour right now, uh, going around the Northeast and then the South, and, and people can just get my dates on uh, ronpunches.com. Perfect. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Look forward to seeing you in Vegas, seeing your show. Thank you so much. I look forward to meeting you. 
Thank you very much, Justin, for joining me for the news. Thank you to Conan, and thank you to Scott Fishman and Ron Funches as well. Another great show. Really enjoying putting these together for you all out there. Thank you very much uh, for tuning in. If you like the show, of course, go over to our iTunes page. Five-star ratings, comments, always appreciated. You can also go over to the uh, Wrestling Inc. Pro Wrestling Tea Store. Go buy yourself a shirt, show it off, take a photo, tag me. I'll retweet it. We'll probably have the, the Wrestling Inc. account retweeted as well. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Justin to talk more news. Uh, we're going to have two more interviews tomorrow. Uh, I, I, I am in the precarious position, again, of recording the interview today that I am releasing tomorrow. Um, but uh, So I'm not going to announce it and jinx myself, but I will promise you it is being rushed right to the airwaves because it's going to be a big one, and it's going to be the it's going to be it's going to get you perfectly on the hook for double or nothing this weekend. I'll tease you with that. Um, uh, so uh, there it is. Uh, that'll be back on tomorrow, and then uh, of course Friday I'll be back with Raj Geary over on the Ringside Wrestling app doing a video version, a thirty minute video version of the Winkley. Uh, and uh, Raj also he is uh, he was a guest on Ryback's podcast recently i think the audio dropped today uh, you can go check that out we have some notes up uh, from their discussion on the site uh with uh ryback talking about a lot of the issues that came up in that john oliver special uh, about life in wwe pay in wwe all that stuff uh the interview is great so we're actually going to run uh we've we got ryback to let us run the audio of that on our show next week as well so you can go check it out now go listen to it but if uh, you don't get the chance we'll we'll bring you uh ryback and raj next week here on the winkley as well uh, Justin, what would you like to uh, plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show today? Ryback and Raj. Sounds like a digital short that we need to see. Oh, uh, just, just follow me on social media, at Justin Labar. Great, guys. And again, 2.30 this Friday, podcast movement stage at StarCast 2. Come out to the Wrestling Inc. Hootenanny. We're going to have an absolute blast. I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>